1: There are
2: plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. I'm Marcus Bronzy. I'm Funk Butcher. That little piece of (laughs) attitude that you hear piping in once in a while is Billy. Billy the Kid. Billy's uncrossed his legs at the start of the show, because by the end of the show, he's going to give us a bit of attitude, and then you hear... Crosses his leg over (laughs) and then goes, Actually, Marcus, it's Tuesday, not Wednesday. Actually, Marcus, it's 7, not Mm 6. Thank you for fact-checking, Billy and Keith, and us on point. You were eating a sub. What kind oh. of? That's not a sub. What is that? Billy's it's just produced an arm. Deli meat feast <laughs> sub. So Billy's just pulled a sandwich out of his. B- I like the way you wait until <laughs> we press record so you bring out the world's noisiest sandwich, which is packed full of a whole butchers full of meat. Billy, what sandwich is that, please?
1: <laughs> it's a deli meat feast sub. It's a meat feast. Do a you know? meat feast sub. It's got ham, pork, salami, bacon, salami.
2: Salami, pork, but it's got all the meats in the world. Pheasant. Is there any grass in that at all? Any green stuff? Nah. Really? It is the size
1: of the sum is like 90% meat and 10% bread. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and billy's eating it like a character out of 300 that's about to go to war Arr, tonight we dine in hell <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i got sent out to do an experience this time last week well i did actually uh called how to kill how to solve a problem like murder something that we've actually spoken about on the show previously uh they're back with a new reiteration of it 2017 is uncorked theater They're based in northwest London at the moment at a pub called The Paradise, not too far from How to Kill an Hour Towers. Mm. Uh, And every week they have three or four showings of this interactive, immersive experience. Interactive and immersive, but also you can be passive at the same time. Mm. Basically, how to solve a problem like murder, you step into a bar, which I'd say, you know, it's a timeless setup, actually. You step into a bar and you have to put on a mask. So if we, me and you roll in there, uh, me and you, the listener, or me and you, Funk, roll in there, or Billy after he's eating his sandwich, roll in there and <laughs> get given to a mask that you have to put on, sort of like a masquerade ball mask. Okay. And that signifies that you are a spectator.
1: Okay.
2: You then walk upstairs into the bar, have a few drinks, and in due time, the play or the performance starts on stage and it's uh based... Oh, there's seven suspects, mm-hmm. yeah? And there's a murder. Seven sins, though, but no one's innocent. That's the strap line. Okay. And you basically watch this scenario unfold revolving around a murder.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And most experiences like that. I when I, If I watched a play that was of that theme, you sit there and you kind of just watch it unfold. You're like, yeah. wow, crazy. And you kind of see everything happen. Mm-hmm. And they kind of skew the timeline because you see what happens outside. Yeah. So, what happened yesterday. So. Mm-hmm. But in this, two of the characters might fall out or walk out of the room. And you have to decide whether you stay with the conversation in one room or you leave and go into another room. Okay. And there's no boundary between you and the actors as well. Mm-hmm. So, unlike theatre as well, where I'd sit down and watch. And there's a clear line stage is where you are. I am or actor and and, seating is where the audience is. Actor is where the stage is. Mm -hmm. Here you can sit anywhere. It's a normal bar if someone needs to, like an actor needs to sit down or use something that you're at, they'll just go to use it and you have to move out of the way. So you're right in the action. Mm. You're right in this soap that unfolds. It's like, but it's like a live episode of EastEnders, but better acting. It's mm. like a live episode of EastEnders. <laughs> better story and better acting, but you're right there in the action. And everything's happening in real time. Everything's happening in real time. So there could be an argument in the other room and you have to decide, shit, shit sounds so exciting out there. Yeah. But do I stay in this room here? Okay. And to help guide you through it as well, they've got some, I like to call them, narrative aids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that are rolling around the set as well and helping out, helping you get the best out of it. Or they might show you a clue that no one else has. So like one of them mm-hmm. gave me a clue that no one else had mm-hmm. and it really uh it, it really got me going and I just want to say like for a written experience like that, imagine how well, you you've written stuff funk. Mm-hmm. Like I've written stuff for TV but but not like narrative. You've written narrative stuff. Mm. Am I right in saying it's quite hard to write a story in its conventional way? Well, yes. So imagine you've written a story, and you have to make it make sense for somebody that stays in room A. Yeah, but then you also have to make it make sense for people in room B, or if someone's in room C, or you have to make it make sense. What if they spend uh, first twenty minutes of the first act in room A, then ten minutes of the first act in room C, then five minutes in room in room B? You have to make it make sense wherever you are. Yeah, because I feel like wherever everyone was. Mm-hmm. You never get the whole story, but you have to have enough to keep you entertained because if it's hard because you've missed all the points and the drops, and you'd be like, oh, fuck this. I'm, I'm not going to guess the murderer, but they managed mm. to sort of keep you, keep us all on tenterhooks.
1: Yeah. That's pretty hard, isn't it? No, it's not even pretty hard. It's bloody difficult. I don't yeah. know how you would be able to construct a, a narrative strand which goes one, two, but one and two are running at the same time, but they still bring about a resolution of three because... Because obviously, when you write for film or TV, you write in terms of the characters of screenplay. So you write in in terms of the dialogue that's happening. So is I can't picture how you would write the dialogue of two scenes running concurrently, but they still merge to some to one original outcome. And make it a murder mystery. So you've got to put twists in it. Yeah,
2: that's uh, a tricky. And they did it. Long story short, they pull it off and they must have rehearsed the shit out of it because yeah. think of the other variables as well me mm-hmm. going fucking hell yeah, bruv yeah right halfway yeah, through while yeah, somebody's
1: yeah. sipping on a drink yeah at a really big moment which could distort the time of the actual yeah. narrative strand as well
2: and i like to think i'm a man that's onto detail apart from obvious ends to scenes and stuff mm-hmm. I, I don't really feel like i could work out where there were the biggest audio cues like for example, I know that there must have been a cue somewhere, so that if you finished your scene, I need to wrap up my scene mm. soon as well.
1: They must, they must have audio cues with something um, that we wouldn't be able to pick up, such as a sound, a, like, di- a diegetic sound on set or lighting, lighting I changes might Maybe. trigger something. Maybe. Might trigger know. them. To, might trigger them to wrap up a scene. It's Maybe. very, very clever. Maybe, but uh, do you
2: know what? I just focus on the story. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. Had a good few drinks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it, it was very good. It was in a paradise, mm-hmm. uh, Kensal Green, Northwest London. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry if you're in another part of the world and you're like, well, Marcus, fuck you. I'm not looking to come to London soon. Maybe you should try it out. Or maybe I should just tell you about something else that we've been uh, killing some time laughing at. Tell oh, me more. I think you uh, are going to laugh at this one. Me? Yes. Uh, obvious Plant on Facebook. Who are Obvious Plant on Facebook, Billy? Really don't know. But he doesn't know. Who's Obvious Plant on Facebook, Funk? I don't know. Mm. Well, Obvious Plant... Awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh, some fucking Gs. I feel like they are you, Funk. Mm-hmm. I feel like relationship... I mean, so Obvious Plant, I feel like you are the head of this group, okay? <laughs> because Obvious Plant decided to sneak a fake relationship station into Ikea. So into a normal, fully working IKEA, he popped a sign that said, Hi, I'm the relationship saving station. Shopping can be stressful. Here are five quick ways to ease tension with your loved one. And then he put a picture of a dog in a cup uh, and says, gaze upon it. And remember, there is joy in the world. Uh, He then also popped a little jar down saying you could write down what upsets you. Give it to Elsa who is the picture of Elsa from Frozen on the front of the jar. Mm -hmm. And uh, she will help you let it go, let it go. (laughs) And other things as well. I feel like this is you, Funk. (laughs) So, yeah, loads of different ways to sort of help you get over your relationship. Blow away your anger with bubbles as well and watch them slowly float away. Adios, angry thoughts. Now, Funk, I feel like Ikea is a stressful place anyway. Do you think there's more need for relationship stations like this? I mean, was this you, by the way, bro? <laughs> um,
1: mm, I be. cannot confirm nor mm, deny. Exactly. Yeah, all right, cool. Why do people find IKEA stressful? I think it's a, I think it's a, the least stressful place. I love IKEA because you can get good... F- I
2: love the meatballs there. I love the hot dogs I love and the, the drinking there. The hot dog's good. But I will say, I don't like the fucking people, bro. It's like the world for me. Yeah. I love places... Not always the people so much. Like, public transport, it's all right, really, when you think about it. It's very convenient, bit Mm -hmm. Mm day, very convenient. It's the people, man.
1: You can't avoid avoid people. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet?
2: I haven't left the studio for four weeks. Um, So, yeah, I mean, do we need more things like this in the world to save relationships? Do we need little things to make us giggle? Do you know a lot of unhappy relationships? Because I know quite a few. Yeah. And I feel like it's the new norm. Sorry to get too deep, but um, I feel like that relationships are the new norm. Like unhappy relationships are like, yeah, man, I'm unhappy. They Ooh. are being normalized. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the picture of a man sitting in his car, holding his head before he goes in through the front door <laughs> <laughs> or just driving past his house to the pub. I feel like those
1: are, those are, those are um, scenarios that I, I feel like I'm hearing a lot more about. I think what really highlighted it was when, um, is it Brad and, and, um <laughs> who's it Brad and Angelina yeah Brad and Angelina when they split I mean when Brad and the other one Jennifer Aniston kind of ended it Mm. there was this whole um, she fell into the the pit of despair she
2: came back though looking good she came back she bounced back that's how you get over a fucking relationship she came back looking good though Mm.
0: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring
1: And I think it's just, there's, there's this, <laughs> there's this, um, old adage, which is obviously, um, turns out to be very true in scenarios like that, that misery loves company mm. and people somehow feel comforted when people have been enjoying. <laughs> oh, was that, what you're right there, Billy? Is that <laughs> right? Oh,
0: shit. Yeah.
2: What, what are you doing, Bill?
0: I'm trying to. Take
1: some
2: content for you later <laughs> on. All right, uh, do you mind doing that a bit quieter, Bill? Sorry, <laughs> it's on mute
1: as well. But uh, clearly, it's not. See the problems with the iPhone seven again. Write that down, Billy. Anyway, sorry, you're saying Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Yeah, I feel like people were I want to say reveling, but they felt comforted by the fact that they were going through a
2: shitstorm. Oh, people love it. Yeah. People loved when Kanye lost his mind. Yeah. yeah people would love they would if there was another and got, scandal and got blonde hair <laughs> yeah if, if there was another scandal with our royals yeah if there was a scandal with with um oh, i always forget his name it's not harry william yeah and his his mrs pippa right it's not pippa it's kate, sorry, it? kate that's it yeah and his mrs kate <laughs> pippa's the one with yes yeah. so, uh if there's if there was a problem with bill and kate then like i feel like we'd be like yes problems in the royal household why does misery love company why i don't get i don't like miserable people i know a couple of miserable people every time i see them i'm like how are you doing they're like and, and i'm like i have to assess whether it's a real problem or whether they just take problems on yeah intentionally and i don't like if it's a real problem yeah. hey i'm here for you
1: if it's not <laughs> though i'm like nah i think misery likes company because um misery seems to be a universal language. It's like Mastercard. It's accepted everywhere. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah. Can I have the last haribo, please? Nope. I think that's gone. There's one left. Thank you. Damn it. Yeah, go on. You're safe, Funk. Yeah, so what you're finding is that (coughs) it is that unifying factor, strangely enough, between different cultures and races and... You're unhappy So like a smile And like being
2: sad Yeah Do you know what I am miserable about? Go on Billy didn't offer me a Haribo Yeah And he gave me the last one Which was a green bear That's the most unhappy Haribo (laughs) flavour A green bear Yeah man What's the happiest one?
1: The egg Yeah No
2: heart Heart's happy Uh, Anyway Let's get a bit more back onto um, How to kill an hour's topics Spotify Mm -hmm. Apparently coming out with some hardware this, uh, oh sorry, this came from a job post that went up for a Spotify employee uh, to deliver hardware directly from Spotify to existing and new com- customers—a category-defining product akin to Pebble Watch, Amazon Echo, and Snap Spectacles. So, Snapchat mm-hmm. hardware, Alexa, Pebble Watch, now Spotify going into hardware.
1: What? 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 What do you call an app made by a spider that it uses to get food? Spotify. <laughs>
0: oh, right. As we were.
2: So Spotify making some hardware.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah,
1: um, hardware from Spotify. About time. Trekkin. Yes. What? 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 Could? What can you expect? Uh well oh, Billy shaking his head. It's the only way they close the gap between them and the Apple. Really? The Apple, the pear, the pineapple. I thought I thought that Spotify had transcended no need because for an,
2: I thought an app is I thought not needing hardware makes you like fluid like put me on an Android, put me on, a, on an Apple, put me on an iPad.
1: I think it's always good to have your tangible products, your hardware, to coexist with your software, then you can have a real ecosystem. So what, what are gonna do then
2: try and try and take on the Apple Like? What 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 could their hardware look
1: like? Well the thing is everyone's kind of copied that, that model with Google, they've developed hardware, um, Microsoft, all these companies that were initially just software, they've branched into hardware because they don't want to be piggybacking off the products of their competitors. That is just like you hating your neighbour, but then you realising you ain't got no sugar and you have to go around and ask him and borrow it from him because you haven't got any of your own. It's just, it's kind of like humiliating. No so,
0: one, <coughs> no one has
2: an
1: iPod anymore, though. Spotify will no. have to make a phone. No one, no one uses an iPod. Yeah, I mean that's that's not an issue with that. I mean Spotify will probably create some sort of music playing device which doubles up as a, a messenger service as well. Some sort of like walkie-talkie for the kids. Ah. Yeah, which doesn't actively kind of <laughs> utilize. Uh, a phone network provider maybe just works around Wi-Fi, cheapest chips, cheapest chips.
2: <laughs> it's back again. That phrase, <laughs>
1: smoother chips. Smooth as chips. Smooth that was
2: as a chips. phrase. That's Fung's Fung's phrase. Smoother chips, smoother chips. I mean, I, I I I still think I need more convincing because the hardware is there. Like we have some of the best phones out there. Like
1: mm. they're pretty much doing anything. Like why? I'm talking from a business perspective from a business perspective it's a smart move for Spotify are they not making money already are they not killing it nope you don't think so nope why not because sooner or later they're going to get squeezed the record companies haven't really squeezed them yet and when they do those um, those dividends might not be looking as healthy as they once were Mm. currently right now um, just like YouTube they're kind of in a place where they're paying a percentage to the artists, but it is not the correct percentage. And as an artist yourself, what, mm. what, what is this percentage and what would be the correct percentage, please? Um, well, it depends on the breakdown. The, the thing is, there's conflicting evidence out there. And there's been numerous instances online where certain artists have kind of informed Spotify that they haven't been paid correctly. So there, is, there doesn't seem to be a uniform um, rate which everyone within the music industry seems to be comfortable with. What What would you be comfortable with? I'm, I'm just
2: not... 100%. No, I'm 100%, yeah. A million <laughs> pounds for every stream. Yeah. What would be a fair
1: amount, do you think? Um, well, a fair amount for the artist would always be a percentage more than the provider. So if on on each stream if, if every stream was i don't know 79p i can't justify why the company would be getting more than 50 percent of the of right. the earnings
2: because you've because that person's blood sweat and tears made it and
1: all you're exactly. really doing is just putting it on your network that's yeah. so happened,
2: loads of people mm-hmm.
1: use. you are the hub but you can't replicate the creative content which is actually making your hub what it is so okay. in some instance there the the larger share of that of that 51% has to go to the artist. So, did someone just make up the current number that an artist gets for a stream?
2: No. Or did they do some maths and try it? Did someone just go, Pfft, give
1: them 0.00007 of a P? Probably the same algorithm that they use to set up their Their playlist, which tells me that I might like Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. So, so, it really worked. It was quite accurate with you there.
2: <laughs> it's quite accurate. It said Fung Butcher, Taylor Swift. Hey, yeah, let's do you this might like this all right so what what would you be willing to pay for then a spotify piece of hardware seeing as you have it on your phone already yeah well you can if you want mm-hmm. i don't know if you do mm-hmm. like free or not mm-hmm. you can b- have a premium account for like seven quid a month or whatever i don't know what it is because i don't pay it but i've got a premium account yeah hacked into the system thanks mm-hmm. to my uncle nigerian my mm-hmm. nigerian uncles <laughs> um <laughs> so what would you be willing to put? Like, what would be a reasonable price for a product that people most can access via their phone? What would make it like different for them? So, I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to find like, what you mean uh, like a handset? Yeah. Or well, like, what would all like, what would make me think, right? That's worth the money.
1: Well, a sensible handset price would be anything that undercuts <laughs> the current iPhone mm. um, handset prices. Once you kind of enter in at that that margin, then the world's your oyster, and there's a lot of room to play with. I mean. The current handset price for, I believe, like an iPhone 7 is around about £600, £700. Mm. So you've got that, what, £500 to play with in terms of finding a durable, um, effective, efficient bit of hardware. That's, that's not too much of a big ask. Okay. And it doesn't have to be a phone, per se. It could just be some sort of, I don't know, music-playing device, cheap and cheerful, but catches the lower end. Do you think it could be maybe
2: another contender for the home, smart home? Do you think that could maybe be the direction they take it in?
1: I think Spotify are going to go down the iTouch route. Really? Yeah. Personally, really? I feel like that that would be the best bet for them, to go down the iTouch route and capture the audience of real real young kids going up to the ages of I don't know the ages where kids are get, going out and getting jobs and then the parents can kind of govern what kind of music and material is on those those phones so you, you get a, mm, yes mm. the plot thickens I think we'll need to keep an eye
2: on this one because mm-hmm. it can go so many directions I'm going for smart home at the end of it Frank's mm-hmm. going for more of a device mm-hmm. that you take around with you maybe an iPhone contender mm-hmm. we will see plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with me marcus bronzy
1: and me for butcher